Hello, and welcome back to The Hats We Wear. Today, I'm joined by my friend Jen Muscatel, and she's going to talk about the hats that she wears, the joys and struggles of them, and how she's navigated through them or is navigating through one. Maybe she's putting on a new hat or something's, um, a hat's not fitting quite right, and she's trying to navigate through it. So thank you, Jen, for joining me. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and our viewers. My pleasure. For my listeners, I should say. It's my, they're my listeners. Um, <laughs> so tell me about the hats that you are wearing right now. Present well, the, the main hat I always wear and that I've always wanted to wear is being a mom. And um, that hat I've wanted to wear ever since I was little. I can remember wanting to be a mom. And I remember even writing letters to my kids. I was sitting on an airplane. I think I was like 16 years old writing letters to my kids, which is weird, but That's <laughs> um, yeah, but I was, I wrote one to my daughter and one to my son. And that's what I have a daughter and a son. Wow. And um, yeah. And um, so my son is 23 and my daughter is 11 and um, they're my biggest joy and joys. And, um, you know, with parenthood always comes struggles too, because that's just the nature of parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't plan on it, but I ended up being a single mom to both of them. So that's another hat that I wear. Um, so I've raised both of them by myself and, um, and being a single mom is definitely a um, singular kind of hat to wear mm -hmm. um, because um, any single parents that are listening, um, they know. And I, I call it solo parenting because it's different than being a single parent. If you have a co-parent, even if you're not living in the same household, if you do mm -hmm. have somebody that you can hand off to, um, and even get a break at some point that's different than being a solo parent. And so I, I don't have that break ever. I don't have um, the opportunity to do a girl's vacation, you know, like a girl's weekend, or there's a, a retreat that um, my friends that I grew up with from camp that they go on every year, it's called rejuvenation. And um, I, I don't do that. I don't, I don't have the opportunity to, um, to leave my kids over a weekend. My son's now old enough that my daughter could stay with him, but we haven't done that yet. So, so um, were, were you a solo parent to your son as well? Yeah. Um, his dad and I split when he was one and his dad just wasn't in a mental condition to, split co-parenting and then his dad left and moved to Brazil so mm -hmm. um and then I did have a little period in there when I was with my daughter's dad and mm -hmm. so I wasn't totally a solo parent but I always just viewed it as which I think you can relate that your child is your child mm -hmm. uh, even when uh, you do have a partner. Um, and then as it turned out, um, he wasn't a partner at all. And so I was correct. And it, it, there was times too, like, um, there was a time when my son needed to go to the emergency room and 
my ex-husband was driving and he was a drug addict, which I didn't know, but he missed the exit to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so he just wasn't a partner at all. So, you know, like, oh my God, my son needs to go to the emergency room and you just missed it. And it wasn't just an exit. It was like an exit. So that made us go across a whole bridge a huge a exit, like a huge oops. It wasn't like a little yeah. one. You can just go to the next one quickly. Yeah. 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 So. so how did you, how did you navigate, um, handling all that as a single mom? Like, how did you handle raising your kids, both of them as a single mom? What, what struggles did you have associated with it and how did you handle it? I think at first you, it's really hard because it's not what you signed up for. Um, And you think, how am I going to balance all of this? And then I think it becomes just what you know. Mm -hmm. And that's all you know. And and you adjust and you don't even think about it. And there's times where you think, gosh, you know, my kid's puking. And I have to choose, do I clean up the puke or do I hold, hold them their hand while they're in the toilet throwing up and, you know, help them there? Or do I go wash the sheets? Like you have to pick and choose which part of it you're taking care of. You can't drive out in the middle of the night and go buy medication or something, you know, you can't yeah. leave them. So you have to choose what you're going to do as the single parent. There's no one else to turn to. But, um, but, but besides that you all adjust and you just get stuff done. So like the day my son was moving into college, my daughter, that was her first day of kindergarten. So you, I had to figure out. That's a tough one. Yeah. So you have to figure out what you're going to, you know, who you're going to rely on, like what you're going to do. So, you know, it was just a day I was literally just driving. Thankfully he was in, in uh, the same city. So I was just driving across town back and forth, back and forth, trying to meet both of their needs. So you just figure it out. But most of the time, unless the, the only times I've really had a hard time is when I'm like, I need to go get so many medicine or there's barf all over the sheets and I have to clean the sheets and clean the kid at the same time. Those are the only times. There was one time where I was death, deathly sick. I had a tapeworm coming out of my body. Oh, and oh <laughs> and um, oh. I remember telling my son, I was like laying on the floor of my bathroom and I was like, I need you to go to the hall closet. He was five years old and I need you to get this out of the hall closet. Like it was just these very specific directions. I need you to get Mm -hmm. the phone and I need you to call this number. You know, it was like that kind Uh, of thing. And did he do it? Was he able to follow the direction? And then there was actually one time where I was hospitalized for a week and I was literally dying. And that was scary as a single mom. You know, you you don't know what you're going to do. Like if you do die and thankfully, obviously I'm here. That was um, several years ago, but um, I had to wait for my mom to come to town. It was Thanksgiving Mm. and my cousin took my daughter And then my son didn't want to go to my cousins. He felt uncomfortable. Just he was just a weird age. So he spent Thanksgiving alone. And yeah, so, you know, you figure it out. 
So you've got the parent hat. What other hat are you wearing? Um, so I am in a coaching program. So um, as a single parent, it's been hard for me because I always wanted to stay home and raise my kids. So I've had to figure out how to work um, and um, keep us fed <laughs> and clothed um, while also staying home. So I've always had to kind of figure out the balance and that hasn't allowed for like a big career or anything. So now that both the kids are older, I'm able to figure out how to have a career. And so that, that's how you and I met is through coaching. Mm -hmm. And so that hat I am putting on. And um, as you also know, I'm taking up drums. And so I'm putting on a musician hat. And um, I am a daughter mm -hmm. <laughs> and a sister and a friend. And um, I like um, water. I like being near the water and uh, traveling. And um, I am an animal lover. Um, and <clears throat> have a very special knack for communicating with animals um, somehow. Um, I've had a lot of really cool encounters with dolphins where I don't know how to explain it, but, um, but I'm able to communicate with them. I've had a- That's an cool. Encounter. Yeah. Um, an encounter with a gorilla where I'm very lucky that there was a glass wall between us because he came barging, running up to the wall and mm -hmm. re lifted his arm up and let, bam, he slammed against the wall. Wow. Um, yeah. So I, but I was communicating with him through, with my eyes and talking to him with my eyes. So it, <laughs> it, <laughs> it I wonder like, what he took it as. I don't know if he liked it or not. <laughs> yeah, it was a Harry Potter moment. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. And yeah. um, I want to hear more about the animal communication. So how how I know you said you, it's hard to explain, but like what happened with the dolphins that you felt like you were communicating? Well, I know with the dolphins that they can hear us um, with um, like their sonar. They so mm -hmm. like you don't even have to talk they can understand us and under, understand us like far from far away far better than we can even imagine so um there was one time where i was swimming with dolphins and i didn't even have scuba gear on but i was encountered like a, a mom and a dad and a like a teenaged age dolphin mm -hmm. and I was swimming with them and I was just saying like, I can't keep up with you. I can't swim fast enough and I can't breathe fast, you know, that well, but somehow they carried me along with them that I was swimming so fast with them. And the mom kept turning around and making sure I was with them. Aww. And they were I like me along. And when I finally came up out of the water, like they finally took off my boat was so far away from me. I don't know how I swam that far. Wow. I, I just don't know. So oh, so cool. I want to swim with dolphins. That's on my bucket list. Yeah. It seems like yeah. such a cool experience. Yeah, it is. It's really neat. So I've had a lot of them. So sometime you can come with me. It's now it's more protected. They, 
you know, if you, if they encounter you, mm -hmm. then you can swim with them, but mm -hmm. you don't go looking for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and that should be the way it is. We mm -hmm. should insert ourselves into anything, any living thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. For I love sure. That. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So what hat have you removed that you used to wear? Are there any hats that you've removed or even if they've, you necessarily haven't removed them, but they've shifted? Yeah, I think that, um, that I am shifting hats. Um, one of the things that I'm focusing on as a coach is um, self-esteem and confidence. So I was actually just working on a piece about saying no and mm -hmm. um, and the importance of, you know, the more you build up your self-esteem, that it's important to say no to people and that you should feel comfortable saying no. And um, basically, essentially boundaries. And so um, practicing boundaries is a, a shift for me that wasn't always so easy for me and getting comfortable with that. And so practicing that in all ways in my life is um, definitely a new hat that I've put on in more recent years. Um, so that applies with friendships and with my family and with um, people that I encounter um, throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So um, in the example I was just working on, it was with a volunteer project where um, somebody, you know, is really persistent, like, oh, I need you to volunteer. I need you to volunteer. And every time you say no, they come up with a different way that they're going to get you to volunteer. Mm -hmm. And you just have to hold firm to saying no, I've said no. And I mean, no. Um, but that can apply, you know, with your family, putting pressure on you to do something, or a friend needing you to help with something. But you and I have worked on values. When you have your values in order, then mm -hmm. you know what you want to say yes and no to. Yeah. And it's kind of when you, when you open your eyes and you see, you can't close your eyes and again. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's the thing. A lot of people don't even realize how much of a yes person they are until they realize the impact it's having on their life. Mm -hmm. And, and like, no, no, is not, you're not volunteering. If someone's pressuring you into doing something, that's not volunteering, that's mm -hmm. being pressured, but mm -hmm. we have the option to say no and stick to it and have the boundary. So, and mm -hmm. I think that's important for the listeners to know and any, anyone you're going to work with that you've been there, you've walked that walk, you know what it's like to not have boundaries and now to have found them. Mm -hmm. and, and how do you feel? How do you feel your life is different now? Like, give me an example of where you wouldn't have had a boundary before and what you would have done and then how you would handle that now. Mm -hmm. Other than other than what you just said with the person that's been harassing you to volunteer. Are there any mm -hmm. other examples that a listener might be able to um, understand and, and kind of um, it's, it's happening to them and they don't know how to handle it? Well, even just you and I worked on this this week that... Um... I was, I've been, you know, taking up drums and loving it, but it became not fun um, because it just became too hard. It wasn't, 
enjoyable anymore. And it's supposed to be a hobby. And it started to become unfun. And um, I realized that I wanted it to go back to being fun. And so I set a boundary with the school that I'm going to. And it, I, I didn't have to do it in an angry way. And I didn't have to do it in a, in a way that I had to stand up for myself. It was just a very um, open and vulnerable way where I said, this is where I'm coming from. You know, I want to share with you, this is what I'm going through in my life. And I want this to be a fun experience. And can you help me create a fun experience? Perfect. And I don't want to walk away from playing drums. I want to continue having this hobby but how can we work together to make this a fun experience for me? Mm -hmm. Because I am 50, so I don't have to be doing this, but I want to be doing this. So how can we make this an experience? And so I think it's important for your listeners to know you have a choice. We're not, um, we're not at the mercy of these things that we're making ourselves do. We don't have to push ourselves so hard that we're not having fun anymore. Mm -hmm. All of these things that we're doing, these hobbies, they're for fun. We don't have to play tennis until our hands are bleeding. If it's not fun anymore, why are we doing it? So yeah. if it's pickleball or um, soccer, whatever these leagues are that we're doing, it needs to still be fun. Or even, I, I would argue, even a job. If mm -hmm. a job is, is so tedious that you can't stand getting up and going to work, it's time for a change. Yeah. And the only way change is going to happen is if you start taking steps towards changing it. Yeah. You know, you can't just think, oh, I wish I had a better job. No, you need to start taking action. Yes. Taking action. And you took action. You sent a, an email to the school, like, listen, this is where I'm at and this is what I need. Mm -hmm. how, did, how did that make you feel after sending that? It was good um, because, you know, I haven't heard back from them yet because it's early, but um, I felt like I am, I am empowered to, I can walk away today if I want to walk away. I don't even, there's a performance coming up um, and I don't have to perform. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. I don't have to perform if I don't want to. And there's a lot of freedom in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been working so hard to prepare for this performance and I don't have to even perform. I'm a grown up. And the other thing that I, I learned from it too, is how many kids are feeling like this? That's what I started to think about. Mm -hmm. I'm able to articulate this feeling and advocate for myself, but how many of our kids do we watch where they suddenly don't want to practice anymore? And we're like, you need to practice. I'm paying for these lessons. And why aren't you practicing? But maybe they feel like it's not fun anymore. Maybe they went and they got a, just like I did, where the teacher said, you're not doing a good job. And they're like, gosh, I've, I've been practicing so much. And you're still telling me I'm not doing a good job. This doesn't feel very fun. Yeah. And yeah. it's a fine line between giving up too soon and giving up when you know it's not working. Yeah. Like, like, cause we know as coaches, mm -hmm. when you're the most uncomfortable is when a transformation is meant is going to happen. But 
so it's knowing, knowing when that point is like, no, this is not serving me anymore. Or no, I just need to give it more time. So it's figuring that out. And I think a lot of parents aren't willing to let their kids walk away from things when they know that they're not serving them. And I don't want to walk away. That's the thing too, is I want, I want somebody to work with me in a softer way. So that's what I'm asking for, right? I don't want to quit drums, but I want somebody to um, help me get through this time in a different way. That's what I'm asking. And like you said, that's an important um, distinction because like you said, you want to stick to what's fun. You want to still do the drums, but you want to stick to what is not so, so hard that it's frustrating the heck out of you because this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. So that's in, that was in, that was important to note that you just need someone to work with you, who you are as a learner and as a person. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be interested to hear if what the response is back to that. Yeah. So I think it's important that we listen to our kids or ask our kids, what's making you not want to practice? Yeah. What, what did something happen that's making you not want to study? Did something happen that makes you, that turned you off to this? Because it, that's what happened to me. I was just turned off to it. And so it, it's a interesting, it was interesting for me to be on the other side of the learning for, because I haven't been there for a while. But did it take you a minute to, to figure out that you were actually going through something when you didn't yeah. want to practice? Like you probably were just like, oh, I don't feel like practicing until yeah. you sat in it and like, wait a minute, what's going on? Yeah. It took me one week and I realized I'm like, oh, I skipped practice last night. Like I, I did not go to rehearsal for a reason and there's something going on. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's important for the listeners too, is to notice Mm-hmm. Just be aware. Mm-hmm. Awareness is so important, right? I mean, not yeah. everyone is a transformational coach. They're not going to be able to be that in tune with themselves. You don't yeah. have to be. You just have to be aware. What What's different? What yeah. pattern is different, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's the drummer hat. Yeah. What other hats um, do you think? How do you think? How do you think that's informing your coaching? The drumming is a great parallel because I'm learning. And like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, <clears throat> that right before you um, have a breakthrough, it's the most annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the most frustrating. And so every time I am learning a beat and I think I am never going to learn this beat, about five minutes later is when I get the beat down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. So that I think is really important for listeners to hear that sometimes right when you want to give up, Mm. that is exactly the time where your brain is wrapping around this concept and you have to just stick with it for a couple more minutes. And it might be a couple more days given whatever the topic is, but that's right when your brain is going, okay, okay, give me a minute here. I'm just about to figure this out. And it's, it's such a funny time because it's so hard mm-hmm. and it's really when you do want to quit. And then that's right when the, the breakthrough happens. Yeah. So, so again, it's that fine line. It's figuring out when it really just isn't serving you and when it's just, you need to push through it. And yeah. every, every human is different. Everybody's different. But I think 
like you said, just listen, pay attention to your kids and ask them, Hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. maybe even set a goal like, okay, let's give it a few more months or a few more days or whatever. Let's, yeah. let's, and then we'll reassess after that. Yeah. But I hear you. I think that's the mm-hmm. important thing is being heard. Like, no, your kids knowing that I've heard you, I hear that you're not comfortable, but I want to work with you. Right. You're not alone in this. Exactly. Exactly. I think another one of my favorite things that I've learned in the coaching process is the idea of neutrality. And um, that's where nothing is great and nothing is horrible. Um, Things can just be neutral. And um, I think that's, um, you know, things are, it's nice when we're very happy And sometimes things are very sad. That's just the nature of life. But when we're talking about maybe like looking for compliments and rejecting insults, if we can get to a point where we're just neutral and we're not seeking validation and we're not afraid of bad feedback Mm -hmm. and we just take all of it for neutrality, um, I think that's been one of my favorite things to learn. I love that. And I I think it's important because if you, if you take something someone says in a, in a a certain way, that's your history informing that, Mm -hmm. right? Otherwise it wouldn't bother you. Yeah. You know, so how, how do you think that your past in your past, um, how you've overcome all the struggles that you've had, how do you think that's informing your future? Well, it's day by day. I mean, (laughs) you know, we're learning all the time. Yesterday in coaching, I had, I think, six crying sessions. I think I had six people practice on me and I cried through every single one, you Mm -hmm. know, so Mm -hmm. we're learning all the time. We're Mm -hmm. being practiced on and learning and breaking through all the time. Um, But um, you know, and I think it's important to learn things about yourself every day. But um, I think that the, the, the trick, one of the questions is, how do you want to feel? And I think that's an important question to ask yourself, how would you rather feel? Mm -hmm. Um, I would rather feel like I'd rather be in a better mood. So okay, what would that take? What, what thoughts would you rather have? These are the thoughts I'd rather have. What mm-hmm. would that look like? Okay, this is what it would look like. Or another question that we ask is, have you suffered enough? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have. I have suffered enough. Okay, so what does that look like? And um, so I think those are some important questions about the past that can inform the future. Hmm. I answer your question? Absolutely. Anything answers the question. It's whatever's <laughs> whatever's coming in and come in that you want to share with uh with the listeners. Um so how did you find how did you find how did you start um getting interested in the field of coaching? Like where were you in your life? How what point were you at where you're like, hmm, mm. I think I'd like to look into this? So I it's actually kind of funny. I was listening to the podcast Queen of the Con um, last year, and 
it was, it's a Jonathan Walton podcast where he was talking about how he had been conned by this woman. And <clears throat> at the end of the podcast, he talks about this um, person, Buddha Noah, who um, helped him um, right when he thought, I'm going crazy and I'm exploring this to the point where it's destroying my life. Like I'm, I'm just obsessed with this person who's destroyed my life already. I need to stop. My husband is sick of me exploring this. I need to stop. And then he found Buddha Noah and Buddha Noah said, no, you need to keep doing this, follow the leads. And this person's going to be punished for her crimes. So Jonathan continued to follow the leads. And so Buddha Noah became his spiritual advisor. So I looked up Buddha Noah and started seeing Buddha Noah. And last year, Buddha Noah said to me, in the springtime, you're going to have a circle of women. Um, you're going to start a circle of women. And it resonated with me. And just that thought in my head was like, how am, how am I going to start a circle of women? And there was a, um, there is a secret society, I'll say, of women who um, gather in the thousands, thousands to um, support each other um, in a, in a way to talk about um, men and dating. And um, so in that group, I was helping women <clears throat> talk about like my past, like with abuse and um, the experiences that I had had with these two husbands. And so I felt like I was really participating and sharing my um, experiences and I thought, I want to do this. I want to help coach women who've been abused in relationships, but I need, you know, I need coaching experience. So that's how I started to coach. And then, um, but then I started searching for deeper coaching than I was get than the um, education I was getting. And then that's how I found Sean. Hmm. That's a cool, <laughs> that's a cool yeah. way. Yeah. It's, convoluted but that's how I found it yeah who what else do you think that circle of women is what do you mean because you said they he said you were going to start a circle oh. of, of women yeah um yeah I are you in any other circles of women that are supporting and uh encouraging other uh, than the the women that are looking for support about men um, <clears throat> I'm so sorry. My voice is like this. <laughs> <Okay. all> <laughs> um, <clears throat> what about all your fellow coaches? <laughs> yes, definitely. My fellow coaches for sure. Yeah. 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 It's, been, it's been interesting to yeah. watch it form. Yeah. It was in springtime with ECCP and EIA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's amazing how that, uh, how that happens. Yeah. 
So are there any hats? I know you're trying on the coaching hat now and that's a new hat for you. Or is there any hat that you're like, hmm, I still want to do that. I still want to try that on. Is there anything new that you are looking to do? Or are you pretty much set right now with where you want to be and, and what you're learning? Um, <clears throat> I, um, <clears throat> I also have an investor hat. Um, <clears throat> that's how I've been able to support myself and my kids um, <clears throat> all these years. Um, I started investing when I was 16. Um, and so um, that is a big hat of mine. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> important. Yeah, that's a great hat. It's giving you a lot of freedom. It's given me a able, lot of freedom. Yeah, be able to stay home with your kids. Yeah. So um, that is one that is um, always happening in the background. And um, it is one that I, um, that I always want to get better at um, because, you know, you have to stay sharp and knowledgeable and mm. 10 steps ahead. And um, I don't have anything in the market. I don't have anything in the stock market at all. Um, no stocks or bonds. So it's all you know, it used to be in real estate, there's nothing in real estate anymore. So it's in businesses. And so you have to make sure that you're making smart choices and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So um, yeah, and as, as my dad gets older, um, because I rely on him a lot for his business acumen, and he's getting older, and if he's not here, so I just want to make sure that I'm sharp enough mm -hmm. when he's yeah. not here yeah hmm. that might be interesting you think you'd be would you ever think about holding a workshop for women about that no way no I, I would not want to advise anybody mm -hmm. I would be way too I'm not skilled enough and I would be way too nervous to advise anyone else of what to mm -hmm. do with their money yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's a market out there I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. no I would yeah I would be way too nervous okay. I I could tell people I could help people maybe um giving them advice on like how to prepare themselves for like um um like prenuptial you know mm -hmm. I I don't I I don't have the expertise to prepare those documents, but yeah. I have enough knowledge to like, say, before you get married, here's what you should have in place. And mm -hmm. here's how you should prepare your documents. And here's who you should talk to like that kind of stuff. Just putting it in your head as you never, you never know where the universe is going to take you, you know, with yeah. your, and something you've been doing since you were 16. So <clears throat> I think yeah. you have a lot more than you give yourself credit for if you've been doing yeah. it for that long, but it's uh, just so risky. I mean, even, mm. you know, if you think too about financial experts who do it yeah. as a profession and they can't even do it right. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. So right. I certainly don't have it. Um, and, um, but I, one of the hats that I would love to try on is, um, and I used to do this. I used to take people 
um, like go into their wardrobe and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, say, okay, this, you need to keep this, you don't need to keep and, you know, refresh their road. And then let's go shopping. And then Mm -hmm. here are the pieces that you need to fill in. And I used to be a makeup artist and I used to be an esthetician. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, you know, I used to have my own spa. So um, I still love skincare. I can still wax. I still do all of that stuff um, for myself. So definitely a coaching combination with that would be really Mm -hmm. fun. And I always like imagine like going into a sorority and saying like, okay, you know, here's your self-esteem. Here's your confidence. This is how, you know, I want you to present yourself to the world. And, um, you know, these are the things that you need to ask to have for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, these are the way that like, let's talk about how you can dress for a date. And you yeah. know, these are the things that you need to ask for from a man, you know, that kind of thing. So like a whole package that way. And then going to a luncheon and doing the same thing for women of a certain age and, you know, talking about the same kind of thing and there you go. The more yeah. you talk about it, the more to come in. I love yeah. that. It's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. This is a fun, fun idea. Yeah, I love it. I, I do. I love talking to different people and everyone I've had on has been very different in different areas. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, and to the listener, thank you for listening. And I will, hopefully you'll tune in next time on The Hats We Wear.